Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for, oh my God, the dog days of summer, August 2nd, 2022, officially the dog days. That's Ian Ferguson at a remote location on Pat Country at Castle Country. On the show today, we'll be discussing lots of fun stuff, Night Trap, Night, night trap NFTs, what? <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about uh, Analog Pocket Update, Update 1.1. Update. Uh, Polymega actually tweeting stuff out. Tommy Tallarico versus Roblox and much more. Ian, we discussed car stuff that happened this, <laughs> over the past week on the exclusive Patreon CU podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash CU podcast. It was the CU car cast. Talking about- learn, learn a little bit about smog checks. Yeah, smog checks. <laughs> smog checks and you. <clears throat> Um, yeah, we talked about that, but uh, otherwise what's going on? I've been catching up on better call Saul. Finally, I finally watched the damn show and it's amazing. Nice. Um, I know I want to point out first is I have the background blurred. Um, but between right here, my headphones, there's little windows into the soul. You can uh, see my records behind like it. it, it it's, 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 it's part of your head. Yeah. The, the, the software says. It's part of your head. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't really do a whole lot this weekend. I uh, I sat around. Um, I did not want to be stuck inside. Uh, it's been kind of warm out. It's been getting warmer, and I can't cool down the apartment as efficiently. Um, but yeah, I didn't do a whole lot. I played uh, more Jupiter Hell, which I've brought up before. It's the it's essentially the Doom roguelike. That's really fun. Um, but yeah, I kind of uh, just played games and read books and uh, tried to pass well, the time. Well, focus on any tv why are you remote in this i have covid i got covid from um san diego comic-con um honestly i feel pretty fine i would not have tested if i had not gotten a phone alert uh telling me to test because i just didn't feel you know noticeably bad um, i didn't get a phone alert I, I guess they realized where people were they would try people like well, up, you gotta with the opt app? into it if you don't opt into it then you don't get an alert was it the clear app or was there something else no i don't i didn't use the clear app um no it's something literally on your iphone that you can opt into that will give you uh tracking alerts for oh i didn't know that oh okay yeah, for any I, COVID, I honestly I, don't know where it is i did it early 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 like we're talking we're talking may 2020 i did this so i'm not sure anymore where it is um but yeah so i'm fine uh i actually tested negative this morning but uh that was like 20 minutes after i'd usually be there and you know better play it safe than sorry but yeah, uh, yeah uh, I'm, I'm out of the woods i don't i don't need some eating germs on me that's okay um we, we still have your cute face here by the way is that white lump to over your left shoulder is that is that spike laying down I, a, I wish it was it's just a white lump it's a white it's, uh, so it's the garbage can we put our recycling in so okay. another reason why i have the background blurred you you, <laughs> you have like you have yet to upgrade to the simple human experience in yes. the ecosystem no, i i do have a simple human trash can my normal trash can oh I'm you don't do the double like me hundred dollars on a fucking trash can for the recycling the, no no i have the both the dual it's the last trash can you'll ever need 
I looked. I looked for the duel. You couldn't find duel it? Makes sense. People always think, oh, you need more trash can space. If you're not emptying your trash once a day, I don't I don't know what you're doing. Trash once stinks. a day? I, trash I, no. stinks. Well, I cook a lot. Okay, you but I'd say once every three days if, if for two people because I do mine about once a week for me. It takes a while to fill it up. Wow, uh, I can't I, have food scraps in my trash can rotting. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't have a little garbage disposal, and you're saying, okay, I, I put some stuff there. A lot, we but... do, and we use it, but uh, still. Okay. I eat a lot of yogurt. You throw out yogurt containers; those get gross. Wash them out. You put them in the recycling thing. Yeah, I do. It's still, they're still. I don't know. What? If you wash them out, there should be a lot of bacteria in there. That's a good bacteria. That's our friends. The per, the per, it's our, for it's, gut it's, health. It's friendly. It's friendly bacteria. It's good for our, our our stomach flora and fauna. Spiders and bacteria are very underrated for helping us out. Oh, I love. I, I've I've really become like a spider fan uh, spider. in recent years. I don't kill them. I honestly try no, to like get I them out of the I, house in a cup. There was a. Uh, I got into the shower once, and I was like halfway through oh, the shower, man. and I looked over to my right, and there was a pretty large guy there. And I took a couple deep breaths, and I was like, "We're gonna try to coexist," and we did. How <laughs> big was that? Like, it was like a silver dollar size. Uh, yeah, like like yeah, about oh. that big. Yeah. Maybe about 50 cent piece. Uh, that's still pretty. Uh, yeah. Well, wait yeah. a minute. Well, uh, 50 cent piece is bigger than a silver dollar, <laughs> I think. Isn't it? Uh, No, no. The Susan B. Anthony's are smaller than a Kennedy. Well, let's say it's a Susan B. Anthony size. Those are okay. roughly a quarter size. Uh, that's still, still, that's still size. That, that's yeah. the head size or with the legs? Uh, that's got to be with the legs. That's, we're talking with the legs like this. Okay. If that was just yeah. the head. Okay. We're in like some no. South American jungle. No. No, this point. wasn't like a huntsman spider from Australia or anything okay. like that. Like a tarantula that they, they actually hunt and eat in some parts of the world. They actually do. They actually eat them. They roast them up and eat them. I saw that in one of uh, what, what's um, the guy who passed away. He went, went somewhere. Anthony uh, Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. He went somewhere and they, they were roasting him. Like, oh, yeah. let's, find, let's find a spider spider hole and find a huge tarantula and we'll roast him up. And I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. What's my <sighs> hey, level? What's different my, strokes. No, no, I'm just folks. saying it's not my culture. <laughs> What's the level of starvation I had to be at to eat that? I'm trying to think like, what is that? Two weeks of starvation? Is that a week and a half? Like, what level is it? Do I you have to eat a tarantula <laughs> like that? Yeah, I'm just a little squeamish on that. Uh, real quick, check out our buddy Norm, the gaming historian, has a new video out. It's the uh, Nintendo games that were on Atari. So like all the, the pre NES uh, Nintendo games in uh, North America. So check that out. Support support our buddy Norm. Like and subscribe, as yeah. they say. Norm's the best. Norm's the best ever. Um, I got the shirt on. You can't see it. <laughs> oh, the audience will see it. You can't see it. Uh, you want to talk about the Mario Kart booster pack? Do we care that much? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just throw it out there. The second, because it took a lot longer to get here than I thought. Uh, the second wave of Mario Kart 8 booster tracks is coming out on August 4th. Um, and it's not really Nintendo's fault. I thought we were getting like eight updates. We're getting six updates with eight tracks. So I had done the math wrong in my head. Ian math. Uh, yeah, Ian math. Uh, we're getting uh, the New York Minute, the SNES Mario Circuit 3, uh, Calamari Desert, DS Waluigi Pinball, uh, Tour wow. Sydney Sprint. I think this is the one. One of these is actually debuting new in this pack, but it will be coming to... Uh, the iPhone game in the future. Uh, um, that one's from Mario Kart Tour, according to the website. 
Uh, yeah, there's one that's like going to be in Mario Kart Tour, but it's debuting here. I just don't, I can't remember which one it is. Gotcha. Doesn't matter. More Mario Kart's always good, and I'll definitely be checking those out when they come out. I mean, yes, when, you, when, you, when you're when you going to end up with a, with with a, with freaking over a hundred tracks or whatever's going to be at the end of this. This that's I think ins- it's like ninety six, ninety six tracks or something that it's going to. I mean, with. I think I think we should be good. I I don't know oh, this one doesn't look as polished. All right, then play the polished tracks then. Play the other 80 polished tracks then. I mean, I mean god. Can you imagine imagine being a kid. We had we we had back in my day, we had 16 tracks on Super Nintendo. We we had 16 tracks. We you, you got four cups. Now you get a billion cups. And we thought we had a wealth of Yeah, 16 tracks. Then. Oh like, my god. Shit, 16. It's a rainbow track. So look at that. <laughs> You could, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no borders to it. Um, I watched Norm try to play uh, Mario Kart Super Nintendo on, on Twitch a week, a week or so ago. It was not pretty. I'll have to say that. Norm, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta bone up on your, I'm going to be a backstreet, backseat backseat driver, backseat driver. You got to bone up on those skills, buddy. Um, yeah, it looks fun. I didn't sign up for the first one. I don't think because, uh, why is this part of the, is this part of the, uh, you get this for free when you do the, the, the upgrade. You part- do get it for free. Okay, then I have the it. Upgrade, yes. I think I, yeah. did I do the upgrade. God, I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, Knights of the Old Republic has been delayed indefinitely. This is the remake that was paused indefinitely. Right, hot on the heels. Paused, of EA. delayed. Paused, say, yeah, being uh, shitty and talk. Do it. I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago they made the single player game comment, and just a few weeks later they, you know, it, it, this, this is. This is a nice way of saying it's canceled. I, I can't read this, you know, positively in any way, shape, or form. Um, well, I think people were really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, and to, a, I think, a lesser extent, the second one, uh, you know, are both extremely well regarded. I think they were originally Bioware uh, RPGs. Um, I would have liked to have seen this, but, you know, that that's how it goes. Uh, you know, very few companies seem to be interested in focusing on on single player games uh, but if this frees them up for something new you know that's not a remake then maybe it'll be worthwhile according this is this is ign recapping according to bloomberg texas-based studios aspier's recent internal demo did not land as well as it could have when it was shown to lucasfilm and sony mm. this led to aspier telling employees that the project would be put on pause and that the company would look for new contracts and development opportunities so i guess it 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 was not just didn't land well it was a disaster if they're saying we can't go forward with this anymore so i guess this is a remake of a now was a 20 year old game more than 20 years old was it 2000 or 99 the first one came out i think it was 2000 2001 Um, how do you get to the point where like all right we did it we did a reveal trail last year and everyone got all pumped for it and now okay this looks like hot trash i guess is what lucasfilm and sony thought um and so they're like we're, we came and fixed this like how do you get to that point where you, you're working on this game for like two years probably and it's like this is garbage it goes back to the metroid prime thing where i guess if you don't have someone really really steering it and making sure it's on track but like i don't understand how you waste all that resources and money and years and you just throw it all out but they're throwing it all out great yeah I mean, it's one of those things where it does kind of seem weird. You you had a base game to go off of um, your your gameplay and development, 
you know, choices are already made you, for you. You, you just got other put a fresh coat of paint on it and get it out there. So yeah, it seems odd that they couldn't they couldn't do it. And you got other ancient other remakes like poorly done too. I mean, we just had that trilogy, the the Grand Theft Auto trilogy collection come out. Oh yeah. And was an absolute fucking disaster. So, you know, I, I, maybe it's not as easy as I'm thinking it is. But I mean, I, I look at this where it's like, okay, you have other third person. A lot of EA owns a lot of third person Star Wars games. They couldn't like use that engine for the action RPG. Like it's a third person RPG. Like why couldn't they? Uh, whatever. I'm yeah, not, I don't know. We're armchair developing here. But I'm like, you're right. They've got they had like that Jedi uh, Fallen Order engine. They had the, the redheaded the redheaded stepchild Jedi game. They, yeah, they had exactly. that one. They had that one. Just use that and just like plug. I don't know. Whatever. It's not worth talking about. Uh, what is worth talking about in some weird way is uh, Heritage Auction uh, Night Trap NFTs. Jesus Christ! Uh, I wish I knew about this at Comic Con. Uh, last week because i could have asked the, pe- the people at the booth like uh you, so you think this is a good idea to, right. uh, to to sell night trap nfts on your website so they're selling 10 of them so they're gonna have a big auction that goes off this week this is gonna be their one of their first big signature auctions uh for video game stuff where it's mostly video games since before the lawsuit i think was announced in uh like i think it was late may so this is going to be significant we're talking about we might do a whole segment on it next week about the game prices that happen so what are these nfts so you are getting an uh, a link to a grainy video uh yep. for most of these uh you have uh control moves in one of one you have cornered by vampires uh with dana plato there looks like in her nice tank top you have end of the line a guy with a shotgun or a rifle you have i can't stand this so these are all memes for the game the game is not really known for much besides the, the goofy full motion video stuff kelly comes clean I guess when they she gets captured, then you have like uh, a makeup lecture, uh, and then the, you have the most famous one, of course, the infamous shower scene, which is what the hell they played. You know, that's that's what they played up on Capitol Hill, and that's what got people all up in a. When there's no nudity, first of all, there's nothing graphic. You right. see her get like strapped around the neck by the the vampires, which are just look like uh, home invaders, basically, in in, in caps or whatever, and and pull her off. It's not graphic at all. It's ridiculous. It's goofy. It's you know what I mean. It's not even the tone of it isn't even hard to me. It's just stupid, you know. Yeah. So the point is, is that this is this is garbage, that is worthless. That's uh, you know uh, helping it to help kill the planet. Um, and talk about a grainy video too. It's like really, really bad quality. Oh well, yeah, this is like <laughs> one twenty by you know eighty resolution, whatever it was on Sega CD. It was awful. The resolution, yeah. um, and almost none of them have a bid, or like a six dollar bid. And then the, the the highest one is the infamous shower scene, which is what they call it hundred and five dollars to get the NFT. And this is going to be part of their live auction. So I will make sure to try part to... Part of ch- their live auction? Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I can do I can, I can do a... <laughs> yeah, this is part of the event. I can do part of their live proxy bidding. So I almost want to... I almost want to... Uh, I want to... No, no. I don't want to frame it. I want to watch the live auction when it happens in a few days for the, for these items. Right. To see how fucking awkward it's going to be with a guy with a gavel. It's a guy with the glasses who... I don't know why he didn't talk to me at Comic-Con. I talked about other events. Whatever. That's fine. We don't have the best relationship. He talks down to me. Whatever. That's fine. Um, but like, I want to see him do the auction and how awkward it's going to be gaveling this shit, this horse oh, yeah. shit, because it's horse shit. Yeah, um, this is not, this is, this is stupid. Let's see. I'm, I'm trying to, did you see the description here? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the shower scene one. Uh, Non-fungible token. Quite possibly the most infamous scene in video game history. No. Uh, And ironically, one intended as a spoof of team horror films. This is a unique Night Trap NFT. Only one token exists, and there will never be another. Minted from this specific video segment and signed by producer Tom Zito. What, a digital signature? It was created from the original Sega CD digital video file encoded for the game in 92. All right. Remember they tried to do that awful Night Trap uh, Kickstarter uh, about four, four or five years ago? We called them out on it, how terrible it was. They tried to do like a whole like higher produced remake of it with the footage. Uh, oh yes okay i do remember that there's been so much stuff over the past few years with night trap like night trap has been milked dry so i actually forgot about that's what i'm getting at so they tried it they asked for an exorbitant amount of money to quote unquote like remaster and put it out and i I called them at time like this is ridiculous uh the amount of money and it obviously it failed so then they do the one good thing they could do and do a digital re-release and they did the limited run one great that's what people want to play great that's all you can do it this is such like you're you're uh Mr. Zito, this is all you can do with Night Trap. You're you've done it. You've right. done it. You re-released it digitally, you did it physically for new generation, you can do future digital releases. That's about all Night Trap is at this point. And you don't buy to, to enjoy the game, you buy it as an oddity. No not many people are gonna be buying this to bone up on their night trap strategies or to speed run it. You know, there probably is a speed running thing for this. It's, I like like full motion video and laser disc games, at least a lot of them. And I, I mean, I have Night Trap. I have the physical version. I got the limited run version well, when it came out for, at a convention. It's just not fun. No, <laughs> it's it's not good. It wasn't even developed originally as a as a console game. Which go back right. to the history of it. It was like what a VHS tape fucking weird thing. Whatever. Go watch. Go watch the documentary. Uh, that our, po- our pals, uh, my life in gaming, did. Yeah, I was gonna it. say that's uh, like the best thing that's come out of this is yeah, you know, that really good documentary. Yeah, seriously, we 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 like you said, it's been it's been uh, we we we've got the towel, we've wrung it dry. Right, <laughs> my hands are starting to chafe from the ringing. <laughs> They're chafing from it. Uh, uh, more fun news. Uh, speaking of NFTs, speaking uh, of NFTs, GameStop, uh, their NFT marketplace just had its worst twenty four hours. And um, it pulled in on that day a grand total of $4,696 with the lowest amount it pulled in at an, over any given hour being $13.40. Um, $4,696 is a good day for a small video game or comic shop. Um <laughs> It is not what I would call a successful amount of money for the highly touted and much ballyhooed uh, GameStop NFT uh, website, you know, market that they've invested a ton of resources and money into. And I've seen some NFT people trying to fucking cope being like, oh, well, the website's not costing them any money right now. It's just in beta. That's just, you know, mm-hmm. server upkeep and they don't mm-hmm. have people working on it. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. This is costing them a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also more importantly, it's when, once you start shifting strategy and focus away from something, you're, when you start, when you get into the sunken cost fallacy which we knew this was going to be you're stuck yeah. with this it, it's it's like they're not going to pull the plug in this right away they're gonna they're no. gonna they're gonna go down this road with the chewy guy and, and try to do this shit and it's not going to work out and it's an embar- it's an embarrassment it tarnishes yeah. i'm not saying gamestop's 
brand is in the highest esteem, like it was. But like, <laughs> there's not much more you can do to 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 wipe it out versus NFT stuff. Yeah. Even before the, all this, even before the market tanked in the past months, it still was held in low regard. And the only thing propping it up was the crypto bros, NFT bros, that were, were basically uh, hoping that the retirement fund was going to come from this bullshit. Yeah. You know, it so, is what it is. I, I mean, and this is, you know, relatively recently after it launched. It's, it hasn't even been a month since this uh since they opened the marketplace, I would love to see numbers on this as we move forward. I would love to know what it's doing six months from now, if it's still up in six months. Yeah, you've had now with this and obviously the fucking disgusting 9-11 NFT that they took yep. down. Um, two really bad pieces of news in a week about this. Uh, my favorite comment, if they sell this spreadsheet as an NFT, I'll buy it for $13.39. Um, which is funny because like <laughs> you go on the Reddit, you can see the spreadsheet um, looking at the, I guess I look at the Ethereum and, and the amount spent. And that's how they figured out the, the hourly Ethereum versus the cumulative and the approximate amount per hour. Right. And so like at one point, yeah, 1340 an hour was the lowest point. I'm guessing in the middle of the night. Um, so have fun with your bullshit blockchain uh, URLs. Have fun yeah. with it. Don't forget they had that problem immediately where someone was minting uh, NFTs and attaching games to them and yes. selling other people's That's, games. So yes. they, there's there's been at least one issue with this marketplace, I, I'd say, every week since it launched. <laughs> I guess I'm waiting for the good NFT news. Like, what is the good use or, like, the good, like, successful? What's been the most successful one? The, the fucking Bored Yacht Apes? one and like that board ape yacht club and then i think there was crypto uh, crypto punks uh, or whatever crypto punks and then there was like early or those are the blue chip nfts pat yes Um, (laughs) uh early early on there was a a digital artist who made like i don't know a a bunch of millions of dollars uh doing a sale i can't remember his name it's unimportant but that was like the high point that was but i just mean for like a use case for an actual nft like we're not gonna get one man what well, well, that 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 awful animated I I can't even call it comedy the, the, no, that short with the with the, with the apes. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I mean, I watched like thirty seconds of it. It's it horrific, was actually downright offensive to me. I couldn't watch it. The animation's horrific, but the writing and, and whatever you want to call it, comedy. It's like I don't know who wrote that. The crypto fucking and NFT bros. Oh, the animation wrote... looked like garbage too, in my opinion. It everything was, was garbage. The point yeah. was everything. They couldn't even hire like a professional writer. But then again, like, what's the lore behind? Uh, you know, an NFT, I guess you got to make one up. It was terrible. And I, and that's the most successful one. And obviously, Seth Green trying to do his awful show that were his, where it got stolen. Did he get it back? Did Seth Green get his eight back? I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking care. <laughs> Did Seth Green get his eight round? Oh, he reclaimed. Uh, oh, he paid the ransom uh, of $300,000. What a fucking tool. Wow. It happened wow. in June. That's That's stupid. So it was, he spent a lot of money on it. He then got it for this show, and they did the pilot, which I saw part of it. It, it was horrible, of course, because you have, like, a bar, and then you have, like, some random NFTs walking around. Gets it stolen. It's not even really, not stolen. It's like, oh, I let someone take it legally. That's basically what it is. Because on the blockchain, if it, it's in the ledger. It's legal. If I have the rights to it, I mean, there's no there's no centralization. There's no it's, oversight. No oversight. And then in June, he, he just paid $300,000 to get it Jesus back. Christ. So he can do the rights to this crappy... Show I, we missed that. It happened a couple months ago. Boy, how could we miss Fred is NFT back. news? <laughs> Fred is back home. 
Um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, you want to talk about Dr. Disrespect here? He's got a game that looks like shit. Um, so we talked about this a while back when Dr. Disrespect decided that he was going to start a video game company oh, after me. he was unceremoniously banned from Twitch with uh, still no explanation as to why he was banned. Um, he said he was going to bring together and start a video game company that was going to make the best games mm-hmm. that anyone had ever seen. Uh, and uh, we mocked him relentlessly for thinking that just because he has money, he can say he's going to do something well, and do it. He's got money and fame, but not good judgment. Uh, Herschel Beam the fourth. Yeah. The fourth. Um, Herschel thought he's going to come out with this game and it's going to go gangbusters. Um, it's called Dead Drop. Dead Drop. The world's first vertical extraction shooter, which I'm guessing it means like you enter off a helicopter in a building and then you go back up. No idea. Was that no one seems extraction? to know. Uh, or, 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 or do you have a jet pack on? I have no idea. Um, uh, but this article on Mashable says, uh, Disrespected Midnight Studios described the game as the world's first vertical extraction shooter. And early access has been given to fans who bought the $50 Founders Access Pass. Woo! And to be clear, more clear than the definition of a vertical extraction shooter. This is early footage, and you can tell in the video below by the choppy frame rate, poor gun mechanics, lack of animation, sound designs, etc. And it does look like shit. It's extremely choppy, and uh, I don't think it looks particularly great. It looks like every other dark first dark and gritty first person shooter. Yeah, there was like an open, like the part you see the city, and I don't know if they were going for like a future, like... um... A Blade Runner vibe, or or but it looked like it was kind of modern, but not futuristic. It was and, the uh, only part of the the trailer that looked even remotely okay. And as people have said, it's prototyping, and you're not going to get that sort of look throughout. What is far more telling are the game quote unquote gameplay segments they showed, which are like um like shooting gallery stuff, basically. Yeah, it was, just, it was like a, it was like a, a like a skeleton dummy or that you shot and a target. And it was just an overly huge machine gun that was way too big. And the one thing I saw that was weird is when you're running, the gun was like really going up diagonally across, like super unnaturally swinging when you're carrying a machine gun that probably weighs 25, 30 pounds. It's not going to swing up like this. Like it was overly done. That's what I noticed. And yes, the choppy frame rate that where yeah, the frame rate uh, was like the most noticeable, like 35 frames, you know, like, like 40, it wasn't 60. Um, it was definitely dropping, and so he he hired supposedly hired some people that know what they're doing. Um, so one of the comments was from someone. The Photoshop guy said this dude really just strapped an M sixteen and M four one a pulse rifle from Alien together and called it a day. Yeah, it's just a that's what the the gun looked like. Yeah. Uh, and it's like the size of the freaking screen, and like the reload animation on it is crazy too. Like it takes up the entire screen to reload. Uh, Herschel had said that it was going to blow away anything you see in, in call of duty and these modern games. And then someone said, uh, Tom Henderson said, uh, um, he probably meant the call of duty mobile, which is still a yeah. breach. Um, yeah. He had a deleted tweet that said it would blow away. He could take a screenshot right now and it would blow away anything you've seen in call of duty engine. Uh, not, not true. Herschel, not true, but wait, there's more. There's, this is an NFT game. Yep. God, we can't escape it. So I guess NFTs are being minted with every like version that gets pumped out for people to check. So you can have like a, basically you can have an NFT showing how long you've been in the like 
how long you've followed the development of the game, I guess, is 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 what it is. How uh, can can you bootlick someone anymore? Uh like yeah. you're gonna pay for the privilege of following my project. Yep. Yep. Players who have bought the Founder Pass, Founder Pass have access to snapshot builds of the game that release every six weeks. These snapshots come with a procedurally generated NFT of a character who serves as the player's in-game avatar. Jesus God. So every um, every snapshot comes with an NFT. So, Collect all of these development follies. So so you so basically selling the game w- way early in development um that may never come out. And that's what you do. You you you're charging people for this game that may never come out. Yep. Cuz this is like this isn't even pre- what pre-alpha what you're seeing. This is like like you shouldn't be showing this stuff this soon. Yeah. You shouldn't and be a showing. Of it. People have commented uh, on that. Basically, like there is no benefit to showing your game this early if that's the condition it's in. Yeah, you, I'm, this is like I, I got some Unity code prefab for a shooter and threw some graphics on top of it. Like that's basically what it looks like. Yep. Maybe 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 I'm not giving enough credit to the devs, but that does not look like it's you know at this point that's not the most difficult thing in the world to do. Is 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 a thir- is a first person shooter? Uh, it's not. So it's just doing a quality one. Uh, the mini Genesis two might be in shorter supply than we expect. Uh, yeah. So uh, Nintendo, um, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo's, Nintendo's Genesis two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nintendo's Genesis two. Um, ours reached out to Sega shortly after the Genesis mini two was announced because they wanted to clarify on exactly who is producing and shipping the system. Um, Sega of America. Oh, uh, oh, I was trying to find only one. Okay. This is from our pal Sam Mekovich. Yes. Wrote this article. Yeah. Is coming to the United States. Sega confirmed to Ars Technica that the system in question would be an incredibly limited supply uh, around one tenth the count of the 2019 uh, Sega Genesis Mini. One That's tenth? Insanely small. <laughs> one tenth? Yep. Yeah. That's nuts. And, the, and that one sold pretty well. It didn't sell it. Uh, it took a while to sell out the, that run, but like that was pretty popular. Yeah. One tenth? I mean, maybe they're thinking that the second batch of games they're throwing on there just isn't going to, you know, sell as well as the, the first batch. Maybe they think everyone was satiated with the first one. But one tenth does seem surprisingly low. And I, I hate to say it, um it's gonna open themselves up to just insane scalping. Well, it's gonna open it up to people bitching at them, rightfully yeah. so, that how could you do this? Yeah. This this screams of mismanagement. And not getting uh, of developing a product before realizing, are we going to be able to manufacture this thing properly? Sure, that's what it screams to me. What if I'm on? If I'm at Sega and you're telling me I can only do one tenth, I'd be like, what the hell is the point of putting in the resources and time? Then one tenth of it? Yeah, you're man, not, that's that's incredible to me. Not even half. He said, oh, half. Okay, that's still not great, but okay, that's a reasonable amount. one tenth. I guess the good news is the good news is that it's not going to be as popular as the NES Classic. And we already have a Genesis one out already. But this was interesting for the Sega CD stuff. This is very interesting to get this stuff. Yeah, I agree. Ho- hopefully, hopefully that's hopefully that's just the uh, just for the first run. The number of units for this project makes up around one tenth of the total for the previous Genesis Mini. The letter states. 
They never announced total sales figures. Uh, we can't accurately, accurately estimate how many manufactured. Huh. I'm yeah. going to guess they did. I don't know. I'm going to guess they did uh, 500,000 Genesis minis. I'll guess that. Something like that. Somewhere between 250 and 500. I don't think they did a million, probably. But it was probably still a pretty good amount of them. But I don't know. That's That's... They, I mean, maybe, it can't be because it, because they didn't sell out. They sold. I mean, yeah, I, you can't buy them new anymore. I don't think, right? It, it's either production line issues or uh, they just seriously don't think they will have the interest on the sequel that they had with the first one. That's that's like a shock to me that it's that low. So I guess when the pre-orders come out, everyone's got to get in early on it. Can yep. you get them? Where can you pre-order from? Amazon. Get in early. Uh, Sega Genesis. Mini too. Can I order them on Amazon right now while I talk to you? Get them in. Um, you can get them. You can pre-order for one hundred and eight dollars on Amazon, but I don't know if that's official. What? The, what is that official? I think that's the right price. So yeah, it's gonna be one hundred and eight. Yeah. Well, I think it was gonna be a hundred. I think it was gonna be ninety nine ninety nine. Okay, they raised it. Um, ships from Amazon Japan. That's right. That's the weird thing. It's gonna ship from Amazon Japan. That's what the TurboGrafx Mini did at first before they got them over here. You had a buy them from like amazon japan at least from that website but but this is shipping from there so are they saying that to get the, so people get the pre-orders in early i wonder and it's 22 dollars to deliver so this is going to cost you 130 dollars shipped to get this they're going to get a lot of the collectors i might be interested because or you might be interested because of the, the cd games on here but i think it's i think it's very um unethical to Say this information like this. Get people hyped up to pre-order, but we have no idea what all the games are even on this yet. We don't know. We don't know. There there isn't a full list. We don't even have half the games. 50 titles, I think there's only a list of like 15 of them. So, like, that's really bad. Uh, Hopefully, obviously, some of those are going to be some crossover. You'd hope most of them wouldn't be. No, there's not. There's not? I I told you they weren't going to, and they announced that there's no crossover games. Okay. Then announce the games. They're announcing the games in four waves. Great. Why do you need to do that? If it's only one-tenth, why do you need to do that? Yeah, if, if we're uh, not going to be able to buy it, what's the fucking point? Sega going to Sega, I guess. You know, it's not a limited supply. Stuff at uh, UltimateNintendo.com. right out of my mouth, but it was very obvious. Uh, it's the- not, you're not in limited supply anywhere with RBI baseball stickers. Look at this roll. It's going to last forever. It's going to outlive me. Enamel, see you, podcast pin, pixel pat pin, uh, Super Nintendo books, NES books, not for resale Blu-rays, video game years uh, DVDs, and more. We have some T-shirts left in some irregular sizes as well for sale at UltimateNintendo.com. I'm going to be on Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash country code, watching commercials. Ian will not be there. Uh, I'm on Cameo. I just did one at Comic-Con last week. The person was very thankful for that. Cameo.com slash PatCountry. Um, and then watch the, the final of the trilogy of the parody Tommy Tallarico voice messages. Uh, that's going to be this Sunday. I've been doing it on Sunday, Sunday. Have you been uh, doing live? Like uh, just, I've been doing premieres. Just, premieres, yeah. You know, it's fun. People like them. They don't do as well as the podcast premieres, but you know, because you just listen to an insane person talk for 20 minutes. But um, this this wraps up <laughs> the, the trilogy. What is your favorite trilogy? And 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 in, in the second trilogy, we are introduced to Cousin Tony. And then... Oh, nice! And at the end, uh, Tommy gets a new position. So it's like the beginning of the, the beginning of the end is is volume two. 
so by the end of volume two, is he already out as CEO? Yes, that's the last one. So that goes up to like uh, earlier this year when it, when it was reported by me originally on, on Twitter. Then it blew up. Um, yeah. Um, great. Uh, real quick, I'll, I'll, a procedural lawsuit update to the, the WADA class action suit. So they're going through some stuff right now in terms of uh, where where the trial would potentially take place, California or Colorado, due to uh, click wrap agreements, which is the stuff you click on when you agree to, to the terms of a site. You don't read it. It's called a click wrap agreement. And so there's gonna this is going to take some time to hash out before we really know where this is headed. Right. Uh, so we'll have a, a meteor update probably in months, but there is stuff happening. But the wheels of justice turn very, very slowly. Oh, boy, do they. Um, yes. Um, going back to Better Call Saul. Yeah, ch- watch Better Call Saul out there. I don't know why I didn't watch it sooner. I really don't. It's been amazing. It's finishing up in a couple of weeks, and I discovered uh, seasons one through five are on Netflix. Uh, and then season six, the newest one, comes to Netflix a lot later, or you can watch it on the AMC Plus or whatever, or just DVR it or you know, cl- cloud it. And there's no there's no hard drive anymore. Cloud it, DVR it. So Bob Odenkirk's amazing. Um, did, did you see uh, uh, the, uh, the, the Nice Guy movie with him that came out? No, I I haven't. Mister Nice Guy. It's no, nope, he, but I've heard of it. Uh, Mister Nice Guy or Nice Guy? Maybe it's just Nice, nice guy. guy movie. Yeah. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. What's it called? No, it's not called Nice Guy. I thought it was. Um, what the hell was it? That's going to bother me what this movie was called. All right, what else is going on here? Um, Analog Pocket Update 1.1 is out. Big, up, big, big update. Big, yep. big. Um, I, th- I think the movie was called Nobody. Nobody. There you go. Anyway. Analog Pocket anyway. has an update, and it's a big one, and I need more time to really look update. into it and form opinions here. But basically, uh, what I expected to kind of happen here <clears throat> is happening, and Analog Pocket is analog is moving into competing with uh, territory normally occupied by the Mister by uh, you know uh, going all in on their open FPGA uh, initiative. Uh, and what this means is uh, basically anyone can develop, uh, you know, an FPGA core that can be run on the analog pocket. And uh, people who applied, there's there's no application to be developers. However, the people that they had apply early on, it was to see if they could get free dev kits. So analog is actually sending out all pockets are dev kits, but there's a special one that comes with a couple of things that make it easier to access the cores and whatnot. And they're sending those out for free to certain developers, I think, starting um, <clears throat> this week. Uh, it also gets uh, updates to the basic uh, analog pocket um, user interface and uh, you know operating system. Uh, you know, cartridges that you pop in now that, you know, are, are for one of the four main supported, uh, currently supported um, systems. So Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, and Game Gear uh, information will pop up on the screen. Uh, and, a, you know, a picture, I believe, of the cart image will appear. And they've announced a bunch of things that are coming in the uh, the future. Um, open 
Ongoing open FPGA features are August. DAC support is September. Full button mapping is September. That's Woo! a big one. Uh, screenshots are coming in September. Game Boy camera image saving. That's interesting. September. Oh. New original display modes. I'm very much looking forward to that are coming in October. And tracking tools. I don't know what that means are coming in October. Um, Did you mention Space War? Yes. Uh, to show uh show off open fpga uh and, and you know what they they want to do with it they do include uh a pdp1 core uh, it will only run one thing but this article by sam mekovich does explain that there is already another open there's already another pdp1 core that you can you know load uh files into um but yeah this uh they they chose this one, I think, to show off a different core running on the system, but also because it makes use of the analog pockets uh, two player one one system feature. Um, so you can put this on the dock and you can hook up two controllers and you can play it with anyone else. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at controller support, um, two player, four player. 13 additional Bluetooth and 2.4G controllers. So they're adding, they're adding in uh, like um, directly support for these specific controllers. Finally, before it was like, well, they might work or pair. Now it's like specific. Now, like these eight bit uh, dough controllers, like I see it in the menu. They're adding them in directly, which is nice. Cause then they'll make sure the, but all the buttons work how they're supposed to versus like, well, it might work. It might not, you know, like that's, that's nice to do that. Sure. Like Sony PS five is on this list, for example, uh, right. Um, now. There is a bit of drama with this, of course. you know, in the, of course. In, the, in the dev community. Basically, I, I understand where it's going, but if people want to develop for it, they, they want to develop for it. The Mister is 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 looked at as basically open source. Uh, you know, the schematics are out there. People, you know, can build these with off the shelf parts. You can also buy them online from you know a couple of well known sources that prepackage these. Uh, the argument is that, you know, if you uh, are making these cores for analog, you're basically working for analog for free and adding to basically a list of, 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 of bonuses that you would get for buying it, which would sell more systems. The, I think the problem with this argument right now, though, is, is analog doesn't have the systems to sell you. So it's not they're not making money off of it. But I understand the basic argument that, you know, well, you're making their product look better. Um, it's not quite the same if you're developing Mr. Cores, but like I said, you're, it, it still makes the Mr. look more attractive, and that still is guiding money to people who build Misters and send them out. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's some relationship between the people that build the Misters and the components and the development. I'm not going to be totally naive, but I would think there's some relationship there in some form. Even it's if, not, it's not as, it's not as uh, set in stone for sure. Even if there's not one, I think it's incredibly, um, it's it's gatekeeping uh, and selfish to think that we're the only ones that can own own this sort of technology. Sure, like, that we want no competition. Um, why can't you open up more people to be interested about FPGAs? Why is that a bad thing? Like, why do you feel threatened by that? Um, sure. It, it opens up people that discover this, or maybe they get into it because of the analog. Maybe they didn't know what an FPGA was before. It's how we first started really talking about it more and more when we start learning about this, one of the things. Uh, I don't see why it would be bad. It's competition. It's fine. It, it, you don't want someone to make money off of this? Well, they're making money off of the hardware either way. Like, sure. To me, it's like if, if, 
if you think this is going to be used for nefarious means, oh, they're going to get these cores for free for future products. I don't. I think you really overestimate how easy it is to bring these products to market, how it is to develop this hardware and get it manufactured and shipped. I really think so. They're not coming out with uh, now even a new analog system every year because right. uh, it's a lot harder than that. It's like, what, every year and a half it's been? And we don't. We still don't know when the new one's coming out. They announced the Duo one like so far long ago. We have no idea when that's even going to come down the pike. Next year, we have no clue. Year after, so I really think that's. Um, I, I'm not going to say that a, a company that's looking to make some money doesn't have some some uh, you know capitalistic um, sort sort of motivation, but right. this seems like they're doing a lot. For where I don't see, I don't see the end uh, goal coming back to them directly in their pocket for a lot of this stuff i don't maybe i'm being naive at that i don't i don't see where all this stuff's going to come uh, result in money back into their pockets on this i'm gonna at this point in time this is their statement um open fpga was created to further video game uh to further video game hardware preservation with fpga technology analog developers have access to analog pocket ios so developers can utilize cartridge adapters or interface with original or bespoke hardware to support legacy media it's a business. They they exist to make money. Doesn't also mean they can't do good things. Sure. Am I being too naive? Maybe. Well, I think we'll see. I think we'll see. But I, I but again, I ref, I don't see how this makes them money in the short term. Especially when I go to order a new pocket, you ain't getting it until sometime in two thousand twenty-three. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I think in the sh- I think to think it's making anyone money in the short term is is. I mean, God, a little reactionary. I still can't buy an Atari Lynx adapter, for God's sake, or a TurboGrafx one coming soon. They can't get these things made, it seems right. like. You know what I mean? Like, the only one you can buy is the Game Gear one right now. All right, what else is happening here? Well, in terms of other niche, uh, n- niche, n- niche, 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 Nietzsche. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, hardware developers. Uh, Polymega is finally speaking after rumblings uh, of them not answering any questions for uh, a couple of months. Um, the last time they Three had, months, uh, almost. Yeah. The last time they had updated anything on their Twitter before this, I think, was May 25th. Uh, you had the exact date. Uh, so here's what they're saying. Basically, here's a brief update, which we hope will you, you'll find uh, informative. Update. Um, first off, factory lead times increased this quarter due to one of our critical suppliers' inability to meet the lead time estimates they previously provided for us. Uh, I'm trying to find the rest of this. Uh, it says one out of eight, but I don't see where the rest of this tweet is. They wanna... they did them in different tweets because they don't know how Twitter works. They didn't do it oh, in one thread. Idiots. You, yeah, okay. you have to like click on. Sorry. You have to. Um, I mean, okay, they're not dumb, but they're they don't know not how yet. Twitter works. That's, sorry, yeah, idiots is is. <laughs> very strong um what was 12 to 16 weeks has increased to 40 weeks uh we're working on delivery timing estimates now if you've got a pre-order you'll get your system we will be stopping pre-orders sometime soon until we can re- uh fulfill our backlog i would say but stop it now uh yeah, why would it be WWDs, soon i don't know what that means modules have begun shipment to their facilities in germany CS team is back and will be responding to your emails and service requests shortly. Where'd they go? Uh, We all appreciate the patience you have shown and also understand that you are all waiting on important information and the team is making big progress on other new projects and we can't wait to share the latest news with you. 
Saturn, oh, the MPG Saturn, I guess for the video CDs they had. I don't know. There's yeah. shit they show Saturn that. Saturn MPEG. Who cares? Um, okay. Um, I've noticed something here. Their tone has definitely turned around, and I'm going to guess it's because they're probably feeling a lot of pressure and heat. This is what we said uh, for years. It's like just have a decent social media, and people are like, they could run their businesses though any way they want. Yes, you can, but it looks awful from well, a PR standpoint. And it has idiots like us, speaking of idiots, talking about how bad this is versus having decent customer service and a decent uh, PR face. You look like you don't care about the customers that have given you money now for three and a half years or more. Yeah. When, you, when, you, when you're obstinate, when you don't tweet, when you don't give updates, why would I want to do business with you? Why would I want to buy your, your product? It's just horrible common sense not to do these things. Um, well, I mean, they don't have common sense, but so they obviously got someone doing this now. Um, and then now they're tweeting out stuff like in this day in 1990, Dr. Mario was released on the Famicom. So now they're doing this stuff. It's like too late, but I, I, I kind of appreciate it a little bit where it's like, okay, we're trying to show that we're doing some retro stuff on the timeline. Mario paint came out in this day in 92. They're doing the, the stuff you hate where it's like, oh, you know, it, it came out this time. You know, it's like, whatever. Yeah. It's low hanging fruit. Easy content. <laughs> Yeah, you get some engagement. It got 67 likes, this one, from Mario Paint yesterday. This reeks, though, of if I had to diagnose this business at this point, they are they are dying. Um, if they have to wait for orders in order to get a bigger order in, in order to fulfill them quicker and, and can't afford to do them in piecemeal, uh, I don't know how many orders are still out there that they have to fulfill. And I, I'm guessing the new ones coming in are not coming in quickly. That's my guess. Right. And then, I mean... Uh, uh not trying to judge too harshly here, but the we're going to stop taking pre-orders soon thing, it's already a problem. So that, to me, it's not hard to read between the lines FOMO. and read, but we're going to keep it open for as long as we can because we need the operating money. But also FOMO. We're going to do it soon. We're not going to tell you when we're cutting it off. But so, so oh, sure. Get but in I early. All for, I think it's uh, all for money. And then obviously. the funny thing is, if you get that pre-order in, the, the, the wait's now 40 plus weeks. Uh, I'm not going to trust that estimate. It's probably going to uh, uh, trust the plus side on the 40 plus. Like trust the plus. If yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't have, know. They don't have the faith. Um, they, they don't. They don't have the trust yet to to take that that face value. Yeah, that's uh that's unfortunate. There. I want to talk about our favorite mobile game real quick. Oh man, man, man. The uh, one yeah. that people are insisting we defended, even though we said you said it was going to be shit when you originally talked about it. Yeah, I, I didn't defend the game or Blizzard. I, I told you fucking whatever. idiots. We didn't defend it. Uh, anyway, yeah. So some uh, guy who spent a hundred, hundred uh, Diablo Immortal. Oh, sorry, Diablo Immortal reaches one hundred million from microtransaction spending, uh, despite criticisms about in-game spending. The game's making a lot of money. This is from Eddie McCooch, uh at Gamespot.com. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's got to be whales out there. Of course, there's going to be whales for any, um, any you know big multiplayer game. And I'm not really surprised to see this money being spent. I honestly feel like that sounds kind of low to me for a Diablo game. Thinking that if it hadn't had gotten good press, it would probably be a lot higher. Well, I mean, when did it come out? Um true just a couple months ago we're not that far into it june yeah, 2nd so 100 million is two months that's that, up okay that's up there i mean these mobile games could have a tale of several years potentially so they um, keep, keep adding new content new character stuff new weapons new skins 
only based it off Raid Shadow Legends, but you know that game's already what three, four, three years old, uh, three and a half, and there's still new content a lot. Oh sure. Um, uh, and then in other Diablo Immortal news, a player who spent one hundred thousand dollars on uh, upgrades and items for his character uh, can't get into a uh, a major end game event. He has been bugged out of a major end game event and cannot access it. And uh, I mean, if you've spent a hundred thousand dollars, I can't imagine ever spending a hundred thousand dollars on a game. But um, that would be pretty annoying. There was an update as of update as of this oh, morning, nine twenty two a.m. While Blizzard didn't comment directly on the case above, it did say it's working on general fixes to matchmaking that will arrive sometime this week. We've heard feedback that some Diablo Immortal players are unable to find matches in Battleground PvP, or it might take a long time. A spokesperson for Blizzard wrote. In an email to Kotaku, we are looking into these reports and expect to roll out changes to the matchmaking system this week. I, I just, I feel like that's maybe something you'd want to have nailed down before you released your game, especially if it's going to affect your whales, like the people who are, you know, spending all the money. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending Blizzard here, but would they have known that some crazy person spent a hundred thousand dollars on a game? Like they were the, certainly hoping. There's a whale. To me, a whale is you spend a grand, a hundred thousand. I mean, is there anything left to buy in the game at that point when you spend a hundred thousand dollars? That must be everything. The that, sad thing uh, is that I feel like there probably is more stuff to purchase. I mean, that's nuts. That's insane. A uh, hundred thousand dollars. Obviously, there's still random stuff, so you can't buy everything directly. You're buying chances to get stuff if that's how it works. Yeah, you know, I think that's what it is. But you're still like, you're beefed up. If I spend a hundred thousand in Raid Shadow Legends, um, unstoppable <laughs> i couldn't i would never lose you can do pvp which is you're not playing person directly you the team you're doing uh uh four on four against sure. one team or else you do three sets of four on four i'd have all maxed out stats for all the artifacts and items and all those guys and gals and and, and orc which which women that i love uh Krila, i love you Krila. um i'd have them all maxed out and it would be very tough to lose Unless someone else I fought also spent that amount of money uh, to get that, it would be tough to lose. Uh, I'll just say that, because because that point it's it's a, it's an arms race at that point. That's that's all it is. It's like who's going to get uh, the best characters, which is random. You can't buy any characters, but you increase odds of getting characters. They do like oh, if you do if you do like fifteen, um, what what the hell is it? There's three different gems. I told you the, the higher gem to crack it yeah. open. If you do fifteen of those. In this time period, you're guaranteed to get this this hero, but to get 15 of those orbs at one time is nearly impossible unless you're spending an insane amount of money to get that. You know what I mean? Like to guarantee it. You know what I mean? I've never right. had more than one of those gems at one time, uh, maybe two, but I, one. And I because I held it off because it's very hard to earn those top tier chances to get those better heroes. Like very hard. So. Why don't we do a Raid Shadow Legends, uh, do another sponsorship. We got to get that going. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind... The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right. That was a long intro. We're moving on. 
And we never really discuss uh, Roblox ever on the show. No. Uh, What is Roblox? Well, Roblox development platform um, with very sort of like blocky style graphics Um, came out in 2006 on Windows, iOS in 2012, Android in 14, and then Xbox One 2015. Considered a game creation system. Uh, you can program games and play games created by other users. And then obviously, it uh, it blew up. Uh, if I know nothing about Minecraft, I, I know less about Roblox. I'll say that. I'm not sure how much you know about Roblox, Ian. Not not much. I know that it's uh, you know popular with kids. Free to play. Like, huh? Free to play, which is big. Free to play. Uh, popular with kids. Um, but some adults really like it, too. Um, it's like I said, a game development platform. You can play other people's levels. You can make your own levels. I'm not sure if there's any side coding you can do, but people have done, you know, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, uh, one of my favorite, uh, game developers. Oh God. Last name Kavanaugh. Uh, um, I believe, uh, used, did a, a thing last year where he like worked on, he's a, popular game developer made stuff like vvvvv dicey dungeons okay. uh he went through and like kind of really checked out the development tools and made like a you know made some levels in a little game so there is a lot of fun stuff you can do in there there are microtransactions uh, in the robux whatever it's called lots to, of microtransactions yeah, uh, they gotta to make get, money uh yeah uh get you know uh sound effects and uh you know development pieces and uh, widgets essentially i guess that you can use wikipedia says that um, more than half of all American children under 16 are active users. That's a huge number. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what Wikipedia says. I have to check the sources. I feel like uh, that's that's a insane. lot. Because to me, if you told me Minecraft, I would have believed you versus this. But that's that's a lot. Uh, but it says 164 million monthly active users. That's a huge game. Yeah, I, I'm surprised crazy. by that number, but I'll I'll trust it as of August of last year. So why do we bring? Fr- so why do oh, we yeah, bring well, up? Roblox. Are we are, are we pivoting to being a children's gaming podcast? Not yet. We're not doing that. No. W- one of the things that Roblox is famous for is the character death sound. It's an oof sound. It's a, a child's voice recorded. It goes oof. When yep. you die in the game, that's what it says. There's there's memes based upon it. There's videos been made upon uh, about it. And on its surface, it's like, oh, that's cute. It's fine. Why are these idiots talking about this? Why are we talking about this, Ian? Well, because the sound effect is being removed from the game, and we can all point the blame at a Mr. Tommy Tallarico. Um, So basically, there was, uh, and and we can get a little bit more into the info, uh, Roblox, basically, so Tommy Tallarico uh, owns the right to the oof sound biggest uh, air quotes you can possibly have so tommy yes. tarico studios worked on this pc game called messiah that came out around what, 2000 or so um he hired someone named jury joey curis who actually did the sound design on the game so this this person the sound engineer joey uh likely recorded this sound put it in the game but since tommy tarico studios hired him the rights to the sound would go back to the company that hired. That's how. That's how these, when you when you hire someone to make art for you and pay them. That's usually how these agreements work. It goes back to the original person that paid and hired the person to make them. They own the rights to that. Right. So Tommy Tallarico Studios 
is the reason why Mr. Tallarico can own stuff like a Guinness uh, World Records uh, little fucking plaque that he paid for that says, I worked on the most games ever out of someone. Because if you look at Tommy Tallarico Studios, it's a huge amount, dozens and dozens and dozens of games under that moniker, which is the company that he he runs, ran, still runs, where he may not necessarily have worked on the games directly, but hired others to do it, like in this case. Right. So, so that's he didn't the do anything, but people hired under him did it and made the sound effects. And the sound effects that go into the games are the ones he's saying. Or the soundtrack, done. yes. Even though he didn't do a, a damn thing. So he this so accepted this, money for licenses, essentially. So, so this originally uh, became a kerfuffle between uh, Roblox and uh, Tommy back in early... 2020 um they had a developer post that happened at the time and the reason we never talked about this before is that we did not think this was germane to the amico discussion we thought well it's separate it's interesting but now that this has happened i think we can comment on it more so roblox said this you have the poster opening we want to comment on something that has recently popped up in, in social media surrounding the use of the oof sound and its claims of its ownership by tommy tallarico roblox's founders eric and david got the oof sound along with the all the original roblox sounds from a stock sound cd-rom they purchased of licensed copyright free sounds not from an illegal website as tommy has suggested on social media so i think tommy started posting things wildly i don't have yeah. access to his twitter anymore but it, it in my mind the way tommy acts like a child he probably made made all these accusations went off on social media without even contacting them at first and yeah, so this that would be my guess and this warranted the response we deeply respect the rights of ip holders and we have built our platform over the past 12 plus years based on respecting and honoring creators despite the fact that tommy has no copyright to the oof sound and in response to our requests he has presented us no proof of ownership to it we've nevertheless been working in good faith to reach a fair resolution with him as part of that we have asked tommy to become part of our creative community and we look forward to exploring that opportunity with him Ferner. So Roblox maintains that um, he has no copyright to it. I have no idea what happened with the CD that they bought. If they, if that person got the rights legally or not, that's a whole other conversation. Right. Uh, but Roblox maintains that they got a stock CD-ROM, which they used to exist. I owned some back in the day. Uh, they would make them for music. They put them sometimes include them with um, electronic uh, music magazines. And if you remember that, Ian, they'd be like, these are stock sounds that you can use that are copyright free. You can use them for your music. Yeah, and, they and use all sorts of loops and you can basically yeah. put a song together like Legos. You didn't have to write anything. You just found what sounded nice and sequenced it. Correct. And, and they obviously existed or they probably still do, but like now you're downloading them. You can, you could uh, buy them for, for sound effects. Um, so what happened was this. So, they they reached out and made an agreement with Tommy. I believe it was later in 2020. Uh, they came. It sounds out. like that. I mean, they were just trying to do it to smooth things over. It doesn't look like they ever needed to do this. I mean, it straight up says he has not proven ownership. Well, here's the thing: the oof sound is obviously in that Messiah game. I don't. I don't think that yes. there's any there's anything that you can argue about that. The, the 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 argument is well first of all the cd thing is one thing like if they bought it from a copyright free cd uh then wouldn't tommy go after the cd the, the cd producer yeah. and hash that out does tommy did tommy make a deal with the cd maker and not realize it at the time or did this person really go into messiah and say i want that oof sound for a children's sound and then rip it from the game is that what they did um so there's questions there 
Um, well, I think it, it, it it's it, you can point to the fact that um, Tommy probably saw this as a uh, a gold mine, and did I mean this is where he could make the money, not going after the CD the CD creator. Um, sure, but I, I talked about it with you uh, last night about copyright law. Pulling back the curtain, sure about it's an extremely gray area with copyright when you have short sound recordings that really have nothing done with it in terms of post-production or processing. Like if you recorded someone saying the word the, right? Yeah. That's not copyrightable. If you, if you record someone just making a, like a, like a, like a, uh, I don't know, a laugh sound like, ah, like, like that, uh, according to the copyright law, that's not necessarily something you can copyright it's a yeah. very short sound recording. So that said, I'm not saying that, Let's let's say okay. Let's let's go down the path of this CD. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that the CD pulled the Messiah Oof sound without Tommy Tallarico Studios' permission. Let's make that case or make that argument. Let's say Tommy makes that argument. That doesn't necessarily mean still that he owns the copyright to that Oof sound. That would have to be hashed out in court, and that's where I come back to that. If Tommy thinks. Because he tweeted that, like, this is a huge part of Roblox, uh, a game that has 100 million people per month playing it. If Tommy thinks he was in the right and there was a big payday, he could have easily convinced a copyright lawyer of the same and then take him to court. Right. And that never occurred during this process that we know of. Never occurred. So what's going on here? What happened? So, so like you said, Roblox trying to make it right. Like, okay, this is okay. We're going to try to make this right. So they made some sort of deal where uh, I think it was developers could still use the oof sound, but they had to pay a fee to use it, like part of like a, like a pack, a sound pack. Yeah, the the Tom, and I'm sure he was behind it. The Tommy Tellerico sound pack was what it was called. Was and, that really what uh, it was called? Yes, the Tommy Tellerico sound pack was what it was called. Wow, way way to boost the ego. You, you know how many more you would have sold if you just called it the oof sound pack. Yeah, you would have sold a ton of them, right? An egotistical asshole. So along the um, way, so along the way, so uh, there was someone called um, uh, Plasma Node, where they DM with Tommy asking about uh, this. This came out recently from a few years ago. The DMs about what was happening. Uh, so this is all from the DMs they published it. Uh, Hi, all I've been trying. This is Tommy in the DMs. Hi, all I've been trying to do is sell the sound to Roblox so there won't be a problem anymore. They would own the sound. There wouldn't be any more issues, but they they don't want to do that. And they say they owe me nothing. This is where it becomes a problem. To answer your question, if I wanted to, I could claim or take down every single Roblox video and meme on the internet if I wanted, but I don't want to do that. But if Roblox forces me to take them to court, then they would be forcing me to enforce the copyright law as well. Not sure what the heck their problem is. They should just do the right thing and, and pay me and then own the sound forever. Um. Here's a follow-up. The person said, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is there a general range of how much you are seeking in either case for purchasing or for damages? There's some speculation that you're looking for an upwards of 100 plus million USD. Oh my God. I don't know where that speculation came from. I'm not going to, I'm going to take this person at their word at this DM that they saw that figure somewhere. And was that leaked from Roblox? Based upon Tommy Tallarico's ego, I would not put that past him. No, I wouldn't put anything uh, past them, but that's, that's just, that's someone saying something on the internet. Uh, Tommy responded, Roblox can't build their franchise around. He's thinking that the whole game is based upon the oof sound. They can't build their franchise around it. Okay. 
they can't build their franchise, franchise, franchise around something they took without permission. Think of all the millions and millions of dollars of free marketing they've received by everyone making videos and memes for them based around my sign. Okay, so he's always made, he's he's arguing that they took something without permission. Roblox is going to say, well, no, we bought a copyright free CD back in the mid two thousands, where we thought we we're in the clear, and you have to basically show us that we're not because of that. Uh, that's basically what their lawyers probably would argue that. Obviously, the sound is special. It means something or else the community wouldn't be freaking out by Roblox saying they're going to take it out. It just proves my point even further. And then it concludes with, um, they already owe me a ton of damages. That's why it's something about a survey that Roblox put out about, I guess, keeping the oof sound in or not if it would bother someone. My lawyers have been laughing all week. I don't know if Roblox knows what they are doing. Okay. So I guess when push comes to shove, Tommy never filed filed a lawsuit against him to really even force a sort of, sort of like either mediation or some, I don't know, uh, come to the table, come with some sort of agreement, hammer something out. It sounds like that never happened. Yeah. And, and Roblox said, uh, you know, we, we're not going to do that, but we'll give you probably a cut of this dev pack stuff. So fast forward to now. And Roblox basically comes out and saying, we're, this is going to be gone from the game. Um, and there's no mention of Tommy Tallarico. Uh, in their Twitter post, and they're basically saying it's coming out of the game and it's gone. So what happened in the past, I don't know, year and a half to two years? Uh, what do you think, Ian, happened, or why do you think this changed course so quickly? I'm going to guess that maybe there was, um, you know, it says it's a licensing issue. Uh, you know, they're removing it from, okay, it created a replacement default sound with launches today. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out if the Tommy Tellerico sound pack ever launched. Um, that's what it was going to be called, and I saw that somewhere. But I think what happened is uh, they tried to negotiate with him, and he was an incorrigible asshole and didn't want to work with them. It was probably asking way too much and uh, probably wanted them to kiss his ass because he thinks he's special. And they got tired of it, and they said, this is not fucking worth it. And they said, no, we're not paying you any money. And uh, because they realized they can live without a sound effect. Yes. They Uh, can live without one sound effect that people joked about. It wasn't the entire experience. There isn't millions of people playing Roblox because of the oof sound effect, Tommy. Yes. Uh, So they said, no, I I have a feeling that they could have. But I think at the end of the day, even if they had the money to do it, my guess is that this guy is a piece of shit and they just don't want to work with him. I think that's it. They said related to sounds due to a licensing issue. We have removed the oof sound from Roblox and have created a default sound, which launches today, which is like it's like a that we plan to expand our avatar shop with a whole range of both old new sounds and future more to come this. And obviously it got big news because it is known for the oof sound. That is the thing. I knew about the oof sound. Uh, somehow, you know, I don't know, don't know about Roblox. So I did too. It's just not integral to the experience. No, which people people will move on from it. Or what's going to happen is this: um, they're going to easily be a little how to do. How do you replace it on your local? How do you go into find the death sound and just replace it with the original one and do it that way? That's going to be right. done lickety split, if not already. Yeah. No, absolutely. Replace, you know, replace the wave file or replace the file, whatever it is, the compressed sound file. That'll be figured out easily. Um, So either the agreement expired, like you said, or if it came out, I'm going to say this. I'm going to I'm going to to guess. This is total guessing 
that Tommy came back to them and demanded more from them in the past months. Yeah. That's what I think happened due to the, his failure, absolute pathetic failure of running in television into the ground. Yep. And maybe now realizing I don't have money to continue my lavish lifestyle in the future. Yep. I, I think that that's so that's what I was trying to get at earlier is like provided that that pack came out, that would have been about a year ago. I think it did. And yeah, I think it's just it's a year later. Maybe they need to renegotiate stuff. Tommy asks for more. A year or it's, I think it was a year and a half ago because Tommy okay. Tommy did this really strange update video on his channel from November 2020. I think it came out early 2021. Uh, he does this video, if you've seen it, showing off his lavish backyard, uh, gaudy as fuck, uh, pool and hot tub, stone hot tub with a, a naked woman statue and a dolphin next to Just it. Absolutely disgusting. None of, by the way, none of the decor matches in theme, by the way. No, or in style. It's just gaudy uh, bullshit. We'll have a dolphin here, and then he does it from his backyard. Uh, nice backyard, I'm not going to lie. Um, and then says, hey, we're working out something. And then I think it was early 2000, I believe 21 is when they launched that stuff. We know Tommy uh, just talks and talks sure. and talks. Um, so I'm going to be straight with everyone. If, if, if the CD that Roblox used to take the sound. If the CD creators did not get permission, I do think Tommy's entitled to something. I do think they owe him something. I'm not saying a huge amount. I'm not saying he's owed $10 million. I think Tommy is entitled to something. I just don't know what the amount is. That's something you would have to hash out over a a table and a croissant or in court. Hash that out. Um, I think if you can say that the song is also uh, copyrightable, or excuse me, the, the the sound is copyrightable. In we're talking about a sound that's a quarter of a second long, less than half a second. Like, so I think Tommy is entitled to something. Seriously, I'm, I'm on Tommy's side when it comes to that. But again, Tommy is is such a douchebag. He probably talked his way out of easy money along the way. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, people would rather not use the sound than deal with him. Like he probably talked his way out of like maybe Roblox. I said, okay, here's a hundred grand, go away. You know, and he probably said, no, I don't want that. I can get millions and millions. Well, you, you could, Tommy, potentially, but you have to hire a lawyer, have to sit through, uh, you know, depositions and discovery, go through discovery and get to a court case years from now. And you probably didn't even have the stomach or the money to do that, which is fine. But I think he, he probably talked his way out of something. And then in the past months got desperate because in television is gone. We don't know how video games live is doing. And he has no he has no cash cow anymore. He's got uh, in nothing. his uh, profile on Twitter. It sure does say creator of oof. So there you go. So Tommy, if you really think that take those, take Roblox to court, buddy, nothing's stopping you. But if you get some of that cash, uh, I think you should go back into uh, the Intellivision investors and all those refunds st- and refunds for all those pre-orders out there. So when I'm rooting for you, Tommy, uh, I'm not doing it just, just to be a nice guy saying, I like you. It's because you fucked over people who deserve that Roblox money. If you get it. That's where it comes back to, unfortunately. So there you have it. That's the story of Tommy Tallarico versus Roblox. And it sounds like unless Tommy files a suit, which I think he would have done it by now if he didn't in the past over two years, uh, two and a half years, I don't think we're going to see this go further. But hey, maybe maybe, maybe it will. I don't know. Uh, Ian, we have a Patreon. We do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You go. And if you feel like uh, parting with some dollars, some greenbacks, greenbacks, some, some shells, some some dinero, um, 
you can get access to the full video podcast, uh, monthly hangouts with Pat and I. Uh, you get the bonus bit podcast bonus. that we record uh, before uh, the normal episodes. Uh, today was car talk with uh, Click and Clack. <laughs> the Pet Boys, um, Ian and Pat. Yeah, Ian and Pat. Yeah, Pet and Boys. you get access to these uh, poll topics as well. And I do, a, uh, you know, a more or less weekly writing. I'm going to have to do hey, one uh, tomorrow or the day. After. We could do our hangout this this uh, this weekend because the week after that will be will be at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. We should probably do it this weekend. Uh, speaking of that. Anyway. Uh, yeah okay we'll figure that out <laughs> we'll figure we, that one out we got we got uh, a patreon we got a patreon um poll topic here in second place i'm kind of shocked by this result see see you don't you can't predict it people in the patreons sometimes you think you can know what's, what's up you don't know is grading or reselling worse for video game collecting 42 percent in first place 58 percent. how important is faithfulness to gaming when on CRTs, upscalers, etc. How faith how important is the faithfulness to the to the original game experience when you're on a CRT or using an upscaler? Ian? So this this came uh the way of uh Pepe underscore Salo, uh Salat. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh great artist, worked on games like Paradise Killer and whatnot, and does a lot of artwork for uh Mr. related products and stuff like that. So clearly into this. The full question was, are you guys a fan of gaming on CRT monitors? How much do you care about input lag versus availability on new systems, upscalers, etc.? What's your opinion on CRT preservation? Keep up the great work, longtime listener. Um so for me, when playing older systems, I would definitely say that getting it as close to the original uh, image is, is pretty important to me. And, and, and the main reason being um, a lot of these games, all of those games made back in, 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 in you know, the, the pre flat screen TV era were made to take advantage of uh, certain tricks and things that happened on CRT TVs. Naturally, the way they displayed the image to make the games look better. Um. And when you remove them from a CRT TV and you put them on a flat screen or something, especially without any sort of upscaling, the games look blotchy. They display poorly. Uh, things that were designed to be hidden on a CRT TV, uh, you know, are no longer hidden. So you see, you know, some weird artifacts and things like that. Uh, certain transparency effects no longer work properly. Um, you know, certain shimmering and wave, you know, types effect type effects don't look proper. So I do think, you know, it, it's it's a personal choice, but for me, um, faithfulness to gaming is is pretty important. I, I do keep a uh, a Samsung CRT in the guest room um, that Vani and I will use a lot for uh, Sega Saturn. Um, sometimes I like to hook my PC Engine up in there. And, uh, you know, it, it's nice to have. It's great for light gun games. It's great for certain rhythm games on, uh, like, the PlayStation that just do not work properly on flat screen TVs because of delay in the way that the, the image is, 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 is um, you know, put out. So I, I do think it's important. That said... I don't necessarily think it's the, you know, be all end all. I don't think that everyone who's into gaming has to go for the most accurate experience. I want them to go for the experience that that does it for them. And if that's, you know, slapping a Sega Genesis onto a flat screen TV and running it in 16.9 mode, I'm going to cringe. It's going to be hard for me to look at. But if they're having fun, I, I, I don't care. Sure. I don't care. 
Um, I think a great way to kind of meet halfway uh, is, you know, with the the upscalers and the line doublers and things like that um, that are available, like the Retro Pink, uh, you know, 2X, the 5X, uh, you know, the the old tried and true Frame Meister. Um, these are good ways to get to, to up not only upscale it so that it looks like it should fit on a uh, a, a, a a flat screen TV, but also a lot of them have effects that can uh, help you know add scan lines and things like that, which will give you a a, a closer to original uh, you know look to the game that you're playing. Um, personally, I think a lot of attempts at scan lines, artificial scan lines, don't look particularly great. That said, I, I have not used a RetroTINK uh, 5X yet, but looking at the scanline settings and things that people have done with it, mm-hmm. I have been fooled by pictures. I've been fooled by screenshots. Like, sure. it looks really, really good. Yeah. And once you get the image on the TV with low lag to to approximate the CRT, I think at that point, you know, for me, that's good enough. Yeah, well, I I agree. Once you, if you can get a nice scan line effect that, like you said, a, it won't never be perfect like a CRT, but approximates the effect and gets you to where you were originally. Um, I think I think I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, because if, if you can get to the point with uh, an upscaler where the effect that you norm the effects that you normally lo- lose from going from CRT to flat screen are replicated well to your liking. Yeah. I think that's about as far as you can get. Yeah, um, because and- because we talked about it before when when all the artists were doing these games, they were doing it for CRTs. So they they were they were doing the art based upon having scan lines, having the dithering effect, and yes. things like that. Uh, I put a tweet link here. This came out from a year and a half ago uh, from CRT Pixels comparing the Sonic Three Waterfall um, here, where like you see it. On a CRT with, with the dithering effects and scan lines and the, and the little blurry enemy hiding versus the pixel perfect version on an emulator. And the emulator looks like trash. Right. Yeah. Sonic looks clear. He looks like a clear guy. And so does Tails. A clearer guy. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> but. A funny way to phrase it. And, and you have maybe clear overall colors. You see more. Uh, you see more of the, the different effects like on the cheek stuff. But the waterfall looks like trash. And the enemy blending in, you lose the entire effect of that, right? And like the bricks in the ground look different, the background looks different. I've so seen if you can if you can get that back, I, that's where yes, that's where it's, that's what we've, I mean. We've we've done it. You're supposed to you're supp- quote unquote supposed to play it the way it was on a CRT. That was the original design of the artist, and that's where you err on it, it, to me in terms of how it looks. I hate playing uh, stuff that's like too clean, pixely. Uh, yes. You want to throw a lot of the emulators, uh, whether it's N64, Super Nintendo, NES, they have a whole slew of built-in filters because they realize that's probably what it should. you want to get back to. They even have different color palettes uh, to approximate how the TVs are. You go from RGB monitors, way different color palette than 
a, a fucking 1987 Mitsubishi TV that I had in my living room. You know what I mean? Like that's sure. entirely different. So that, so we're getting to that point where it doesn't matter as much. Uh, we're going to get close enough. I've seen effects uh, from computer games, the same thing where I, I saw one on Twitter, I forget where it was, where it was like a skeleton, the pixel perfect version. I think Frank Cifoli might have tweeted it out. It was like a, a skeleton, pixel perfect on, a, on an emulator. Oh, yeah. Versus, yeah, I, I remember this. Yeah. And it looked horrible, pixel perfect versus how it looked on an original monitor. You right, lost you all these. The and you, you, you lost the, everything. The, the structure of the bones was like completely Different. lost. The shading. Yes. Uh, I think if if it was hit, he either retweeted them or put them out. But uh, there was another one of like uh, one of the Castlevania characters. And like on an emulator, it's blotchy you know, with the pixel perfect. But when you look at it with the scan lines, you get shading and muscle tone. Yes. And like, it's just, it, it's really, really freaking impressive what you lose when you go for pixel perfect, which, but a lot of people seem to go for that these days. And it's not my personal uh, choice. Um, real quick. He also asks a couple of things. How much do you care about input lag versus availability? And what's your opinion on CRT preservation to uh, talk about input lag? It's actually one of the reasons why I gave up my frame meister. Um, I don't think for all sorts of games it matters, but I was using my frame meister and maybe it was not set up ideally. Uh, I, I totally, I mean, I'm not an expert on this shit. I'm a lay person. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm aware of it, but it's not my forte. Um, but there was always a little bit of lag. And when playing shooters, it just got to the point where like it got annoying. So I got rid of it. The RetroTink 2X, that I, the RetroTink SCART 2X that I use for my PC engine now, almost no lag. Nothing that, that, that uh, you know. It doesn't affect your it, gameplay. It doesn't impair my gameplay. Yeah. So we're, and then we're, mm-hmm. with the CRTs, um, I think there's there's good reason to preserve old technology. Like we said, I don't think for the average person, the CRT needs to be their go-to. Um, but just like I think, you know, keeping old turntables in working order, keeping old computers in working order for, you know, history and preservation and being able to experience that exact moment. Yes. I think it's really important. I think where I find it more important than home video games is arcade cabinets. I have yet to see any arcade cabinets that put flat screens in them that look good. Um, I think all of the arcade one-up machines look kind of like just weird running the old games on flat screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, until there is a a decently inexpensive upscaling option for arcades. Or effect so, option that makes it look. Yeah. Right. Uh, then, I, you know, I don't. I, I would much rather have the tubes in there on the the arcade machines that require it. And I know that is becoming an issue and people are really trying to repair and preserve the CRTs. Our friend Skylar talks about it. Um, I, th- I think that's where there's more of an immediate difference if you tried to go from CRT to flat screen. I think it's very important in that regards. Yeah, I think, unless, like you said, unless I came up with a way to like do like an overlay t- to make it look like a CRT on or an LCD or someone does a run of LCDs designed for arcade games directly. I don't know. That's that's sounds like that would be like a huge undertaking to produce something like that. Um, to me, it comes back to, like you said, what's the original experience. The original experience should be preserved, but yeah. I'm, I'm not going to gatekeep and say that everyone needs to play it. How you played it. Your Genesis in 89. Like right. th- th- you don't if have to this do is that. Your hobby and your uh, thing, obviously, go for yeah. it. And I get it. Like it's great, but play, play, not everyone needs to do it. No, yeah, play your analog, 
uh, which by the way, the analog products all have mostly have filters on them anyway, uh, to, to, to sort of, like... Oh, that was, I don't like their, their, I don't like their scan lines. Okay. But that's one well, of those things them. that I think we'll get. I think what they're, they talk about new display modes. I think they're going, I think the pocket is going to try some new scan line modes okay. for when you have it hooked up to the TV. And I want to see because the technology for that has definitely improved. Like okay. So look at the retro well, I mean, 5X. The, well, the Genesis one had it in there. I bring up Genesis. Maybe they, there's a firm sure. up there that can put more in there, but like you can always try to get there. That's the whole point. You can try yeah. to get, you can get there. It's just how much resources you're going to put into it. But the preservation in terms of playing it on the real controllers, real system, and a TV that should always exist. But I'm not going to gatekeep and say you need that in your home or else you're not a real gamer. Save that for the gaming conventions or in an actual museum. Like, that's to me what a museum should be. Set up yes. the living room. Set up this, like how the National Gaming Museum has. It has, like, a, a bedroom from the 80s. It has the 70s living room. Like, that's fine. That's that's where I sort of err on that side. So, all right. All that's right. that's well, all that I have. I, I looked up dithering, by the way. I love that we're dithering. That's they don't use that word. enough. We got voicemails. We do. You go to uh, anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. You go, leave us a voicemail. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do shtick if you don't want to. But we can, here's, here's the shtick deal. Here's the deal. You can try shtick, but I will be extremely critical of your shtick if you try shtick. That's the, that's the, the patent Ian agreement. We can allow it, but we'll be very critical. It'll be like you're going to be performing for us. <laughs> In a nightclub, and we're gonna be we're gonna be judging you on the shtick. All right, here's the first one. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Ian from Rochester, New York. Oh. I'm curious about how important audio quality is for you in terms of gaming. Can you play with the internal speakers on a TV or that crappy little speaker that's on a handheld, or do you need to have a nice pair of headphones or a nice stereo system to really enjoy the game? I think it really comes down to like when was the game when was the game designed? What was it designed for? I don't need to have I don't need to have like you know a seven point one surround sound version of Contra uh, playing for me to enjoy the game. Hey, <laughs> you if know, I play I, like I, a Nintendo uh, or, a, or a PC Engine game, uh, I, I'm fine with the the TV speakers okay. because that's what there was at the time. Um, even with modern games, I, I you know for someone who's so into music and collects records like I do. Uh, having the bang and sound setup has never been my thing. My brother's crazy into that. He builds speakers from scratch. And I mean, he's built rave sound systems and home audio sound <laughs> systems. That's his thing. But I mean, I've got a cheap shitty sound bar. That was a hand me down. And that's about as fancy as we get here uh, in terms of audio. I do think you lose more if you're not playing your modern AAA games with a nice sound system, because they're scored more like, movies you know you you get something sure. out of the base and and all that but i've i've never been i've yeah. never been that person i think ian's fine with the game boy speaker for game boy games i think that's that's like part of the experience <laughs> my favorite I mean, systems were never audio powerhouses there you go. so yeah, turbo express had decent sound didn't it decent but uh i gotta fire up the the, the uh, have i played the the one behind me have i played the the lt i think i, I did i think i did my first got to answer that what's that I said you would have to answer that for me. <laughs> I miss I miss you, Carlson. Yeah. He hasn't been around the scene uh, selling his imports at conventions uh, this past year. Uh, next one. Him. What's that? You should text him. Hi, this is the Bavarian guy again. Hey. I was wondering what is the best way to preserve hardware that is lost nowadays, like mainboards or other things that cannot be replaced that easily. For 64... There is a motherboard 
called Reloaded MK2. And I think it's a good way for the purists, but for all the other guys, I think it's better to use an FPGA version. What do you think? Thanks. Well, we're a long way away from an FPGA and 64 uh, core. Uh, but uh, I, so the question was, was uh, how to preserve the hardware. Well, I, mean, I think I, FPGA uh, is the, the I, I think going forward, that is going to be uh, the future. Uh, I think we're, we're seeing the beginnings of FPGA. And I think that there, you know, there's lots of room for that technology to improve. Um, and for people to get, you know, even even more adept at programming it. And I don't know what we'll see in the future, but I think I think that is the future. The future. Uh, otherwise, someone will have to still recreate parts for some of these systems, like get the get the, the you know, like the, the the lenses, the lasers stuff for like an old Sega Saturn made and replacing the parts, stuff like that. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Austin from New Jersey. I have a comment and a question, Uh-oh. mainly for Pat. Uh-oh. First off, the NES guidebook, I love it, but you broke my heart, giving Castlevania 3 only four and a half stars. Really, bro? Well, I didn't review that one, but I, you complain about a four and a half star review? I mean, that's that's that's, that's excellent. But okay. I think I reviewed that one, I think. How, did you? How dare you, Ian, give it not a sterling five-star review? Anyway. Great game. It's also my super question difficult. Is, how do you think these will happen in order? Will the Mets win the World Series? We hear anything about Metroid Prime 4 or Tommy Tallarico admits that he ripped people off with the Amico. Tommy Tallarico is a classic narcissist. He will never admit wrongdoing or the fact that he, he did something wrong. So that's never going to happen unless he goes through a lot of therapy. I'm not saying this to be unkind, he, but he has to go through a lot of therapy and sort of find himself in order to change that. Um, the Mets are pretty good this year. The Mets are in first place in the East. They just got Jacob DeGrom back, first first uh, pitching today. Knock on wood, he stays healthy. The Mets could have a shot this year. I'm not saying they win World Series. What was, the, what was the third option? Oh, Metroid Prime 4. Uh, Nintendo will probably do another direct by the end of this year. I think that game is probably still two years away. Being that they had to restart it, I don't think we're seeing Metroid Prime next year. I, it might be on the Switch Plus, um, <laughs> Switch Two at this point. Well, no, they'll, they'll they'll have it on this console, but I mean, like, I don't know unless the, unless they've done a lot of work the past couple of years since they restarted it. Um, I think we're probably at least I'd say end of next year for Metroid Prime Four. Then again, what's the big what's the big uh, holiday game uh, for Nintendo? They usually have like the one big holiday release, Zelda. Oh Zelda, that's okay. Then, then well, and they said that that's going to uh, be like early next year, but I think that was supposed to be supposed their to big be. holiday. Game. Okay, so then then you don't need Metroid Prime Four until at least end of next, next year, year. Then, uh, if if we get it. Hey Patty, and this is uh, Cindy from Tacoma, Washington. I recently picked up the adapter for my Retron Five that allows you to play Master System games. I'm curious what your opinion is on Sega Master System games that would be easy to get into and won't break the bank. We'll say. Games that are twenty dollars or less. Thanks, and uh, have a nice day. Not a lot of masters and games that are twenty dollars or less anymore, and those will be the ones that are less interesting. Um, Vigilante should be reasonably priced, and it's a fun game. I like it. I do. It's a fun game. Oh, get the get the get the turbo version. Uh, there you yeah, go. I have the turbo version, but he's not asking about turbo. Arc. He's asking about hey, I mess this if you don't get the great voice. I was ah, come on. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, true. True. You're saving with your girlfriend, Madonna. Madonna is your girlfriend in that game. Anyway, anyway, um, under twenty bucks is even like the the quote unquote common ones like Shinobi and Afterburner, an outrun under twenty dollars on a Master System anymore. Like yeah, that's a, probably I it. I don't, 
I don't know. Uh, Transbot is kind of fun for. Uh, is for, it for card game? Yeah, for uh, a card game. Um, I don't think Double Dragon or Rampage are like crazy expensive okay. yet. Outrun's under twenty dollars. Get Outrun. Get Outrun, even though there's no like a lot of sound effects. You get the awesome music. Well, as awesome as going to be in the mesh system. Um, ba- Battle Outrun. That's the the one that's hard to find. I always forget about that one. All right, you let's... get Rampage loose for twenty. Loose. Yeah, that's the one I had. Um, wow, it's that much money. That's a, quote unquote a more common Master System game. What is what is something like uh, Shinobi going for then? That's got to be under twenty bucks. That's the most common thing. Shinobi's Double Dragon t- loose, even complete. Uh, a, a box system, no manual, fifteen bucks. So you can still get Double uh, Dragon for relatively inexpensively. Sh- and Shinobi is going to be twenty five bucks. I, you can probably find it at a store at a show for under twenty bucks. Uh, for that, oh my God, Master System stuff has exploded in price. Alice I think Ken- Shinobi is missing levels too. Alice Ken one. Shinobi World's one hundred ninety dollars, our best offer. Holy crap, that was expensive. That was sixty dollars when I was collecting. Yeah. Uh, what's what's other? And then this, I don't know much about the sports games. I'm sure they're average. You know, I don't think Master System was known for their great sports games, but you know they did have Joe Montana later on. Check check out uh, how's their ice hockey game? How's their pro wrestling game? I never played it. I don't know. But those are cheap. Usually those sports games are pretty cheap. Under 20 bucks for those. Hey, Pat and Ian. Mike from Chicago. Mike. Here. Recently, the Switch had a sale on a number of games, so I bought the Sega Ages version of Fantasy Star. I'm curious what your experience has been with Fantasy Star 1 through 4. How would you guys rate each game that you've played? Thanks a bunch. <laughs> How would you rate them? I haven't played them. Uh, it's an RPG series that I haven't really touched. I was really into Fantasy Star Online, but that's a whole different thing. Uh, I, I I have played the first one, specifically the Sega Ages release on the Switch, and it's fucking fantastic. Like the quality of life features, the mapping, all of that. Probably the best way to play the game. I did try to play it on uh, Master System once, and I did try to play it on a Game Boy Advance once. Uh, Switch is the time that it really stuck. I think the theming and the characters and the, the the world is cool, but I just, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played two through four, and the time of the time period where I can play a lot of RPGs is long gone. So I don't know that I'll ever really get to experience them. Hi, Pat. Hi, Ian. Paul from Detroit. Um, I was wondering if you ever thought about having a loot box as part of a Patreon tier. Uh could have enamel pins, stickers, a bag of chips. I mean, <laughs> it was a lot of fun in, in a dream I just had where we all met at a library to open them. Keep up the good work. Thank you, guys. Okay, that was fine until the dream thing. I got weird. Um, I don't think you're allowed to do like a sort of raffle thing for uh, rewards or benefits on Patreon, like we do have the enamel pin, which Ian didn't mention, I don't think. The enamel pin's here, or I'll mail you an enamel pin, but that's like a specific item that you get. Um, I did when I we used to do the, uh, when I did my three DVD Kickstarters back, back like now, like wow, like eight years ago, nine years ago, uh, I did have a tier where I'd give you uh, a mystery box. So you got the DVD, then you got like a mystery box of like 10 or so games for a certain price from my extras so that was fine but i don't think you can do that on patreon i don't think you're allowed to do that well you throw, throw some chips in from ian like some some ian candy uh i think it would be fun but i think we would run out of stuff pretty quick i have no idea like how people like dinosaur dracula does it uh he puts them out like monthly and he's always got cool stuff in there i think everyone gets the same thing 
though. So maybe that's how he that's can how, do that. That's more like a that's more like a, a loot crate thing. That's sort of yeah, like, okay. yeah. And I think that's I think that's what this guy was more. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, I think that's what he was meaning. Not so much okay. a loot box, a loot a loot crate, um, because other people do do that. They do do so, that. Okay, it has to be the same thing. Sourcing the stuff for it has got to be pretty difficult. I think someone like Dinosaur Dracula is is is. You know, he's naturally looking for this stuff anyway, because that's his hobby and that's what he focuses on. So he probably that, comes across these things that he can buy in bulk to put in these crates. And that's offered on, on the, the person's uh, Patreon? I don't know if that's his Patreon or not, but I know he does them. Hey, Pat and Ian. It's Jason from the Nerd Cave Retro Show. I sent a voice message a couple of weeks ago about the VHS tapes. And then a week later is when the news for the VHS stuff broke. Mm. And now I'm thinking, well, hell. What can I collect that's not going to turn into a big shit show? What do you guys think? Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. I mean, uh, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't turned into a quote-unquote shit show. It's just that the more popular... Has Pogs ever turned into a shit show? I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure sure people are grading Pogs at some point. Anything that gets Uh, popular enough is going to get some unsavory characters in there, and it's not going to... You know, it could could change it from a, a purely you know, uh, enjoyable pursuit into one that money gets into. I think there's not a lot you can do to stop that. As far as like hobbies that aren't like that now, I don't know. And if I did, I don't know that I would mention them because I don't know that I'd want people rushing to, you know, suddenly try to monetize it. I will die in the hill that VHS tape collecting is ever going to take off because we don't have fond memories watching VHS tapes in general. I certainly, we liked watching the movies, but the VHS experience was trash. You know what? Uh, um, CD collecting right now, collecting? relatively inexpensive. I've got a couple friends who are loving it at the moment and picking up all sorts of great albums for ninety nine cents, a dollar fifty. There you go. Uh, so, cheaper than yeah, cheaper it, than buy, rip them rip them to MP three like the old days. You don't have to like go on the iTunes store and get them. You know? Right, and get all all the stuff that's not hey, on your various streaming services. Frank's been ahead of that curve forever, then, because Frank buys that stuff that like I had to like import a couple he couldn't find. I like, yeah, I want this one. It wasn't available in the U.S. I had to import it, you know, for him. There's there's stuff like that. Uh, I'll do a few more here. And this is Kevin from Michigan. Uh, not one of those Kevins. Oh. Uh, but I just wanted to say that with the Amico and Tommy stuff winding down, I'm kind of hoping Tony sticks around. I think we need the Guido Sarducci of gaming, and that seems like our guy right there. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if Tony checks in. We'll, we'll see at some point. So it's probably safe to say that Ian's had at least a few negative experiences working as a game store employee. A few, but I'm curious about if either of you have ever had any particularly negative experiences while on the other side of the counter as game store customers. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, if I had something that was really out of line when buying something at a game store. In general, I would say no. Um, I'm trying to think if there was ever a dispute or like maybe like a like here's the thing usually in a game store if the stuff isn't priced you ask for the price and they'll look it up or whatever there was a record store nearby to us that the person got into video games when they realized they're popular and it was a nice guy and uh would price stuff out and it wasn't really even if i thought something was overpriced it wasn't ever gonna get heat i said ah, it's a little bit too much for me yeah, it's like, ah, you know, you, I think you do a little better. And, you know, you joke about it. You come to an agreement, you know, but it was never something like with vitriol or anything like that. I don't know. I, I don't think it's ever, I guess I, I know there's probably some stores out there where there's bad luck, but I don't think I've ever encountered them. That was bad. Uh, 
I walked into a video game store here in San Diego once, and uh, the owner was behind the counter wearing a bathrobe and eating SpaghettiOs out of a can. And when I asked to see a game, he pulled the game off the counter, uh, off the back wall, and turned it around and held it up to me and wouldn't let me hold the game. It's about Game Ravian? This is, I was going to drop that at the end. The name of this uh, video game store is Game Rave, and I don't recommend anyone ever go there. They, all, they always sell at Comic-Con, and they're always stupid expensive. They're um, insanely overpriced at all times. So when I first moved to, moved to San Diego, I checked out all the local stores, which was a little, it was like three. There was one up in uh, Claremont that's no longer there. Uh, they, they went out business, I think, like 10 years ago. I remember that one. Um, it was like, I think it was a chain. Uh, I, I checked out Luna Video Games. One location at the time that I checked out. I think no, I checked out both. And then I went to Game Rave. I'll never forget it, as long as I live. This is again, this is 2008. It was like $80 on Super Dodgeball. <laughs> that game in 2008 was worth more, no more. I'm being generous, $15 at most back then, maybe 20 back then. It was. I think, we tra- I think we charged 20 for it. And it was uh, one of those ones where it was so popular, it had like a popularity tax. But if you want it online, you could probably get it for fifteen. It, it was one of those things where I just looked at it like, "Wow, this is how this is going to be, huh? We're just going to like overprice everything just to do it." Uh, it might have been sixty, even so, that's still insane. It's like triple the value of of what you should you should ask for that. that I definitely thought for eighty in there once. Okay, so it was eighty because that that, that, that that was like the one time I was in there. I remember uh, that being in the case, and it was yes. Like 80- like were they were they were they thinking it was another rare game that was no. like, like no no they weren't it's, there's <laughs> no, it's never been worth eighty dollars only in the box has it been worth eighty dollars um all right we'll do one more here hey Pat hey Ian Chris Taliaferro here calling in from hey, beautiful Maple Shade New Jersey Brother. and this isn't a question it's me letting you guys know about a missed opportunity that you had so. You guys were talking about the San Diego Zoo recently, and then Pat goes, oh, is this going to be a, 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 a zoo podcast? And at no point did either one of you say the Sea Zoo podcast. It was right there, guys. Uh, Chris, I guess we're not as clever as you. What can I say? You know, we, 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 sometimes we're not perfect. The pun didn't come to our heads right away. That's why we have you, Chris, in Maple Shade, New Jersey, to catch these these gems that fall through the cracks. Chris, I feel the shame. I feel yes. shame. Okay, there's some more from Chris here. Whoa, it's the Sea Zoo podcast. Night Zoo's cool. Whoa, it's the Sea Zoo podcast. I really like Night Zoo. Okay. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm not thanking you. Don't ever, ever thank him. Um, good voice, Chris. You have a very solid singing voice. Not going to lie. I would say it um, takes a lot of guts to, you know, sing into a microphone and send it into a, very, a, a podcast. Very Pat-esque voice there you have. Uh, you have to work on your jingle writing. This is the, the Night Zoo thing that was not, you have to work on the, the writing on that, but... Well, okay. Well, that's the one way to end this uh, this segment for the week. Uh, the the C the, the CU Zoo was it C Zoo Cast? I forget the already. C Zoo Podcast. C Zoo Podcast. I already forget it, Chris. Maybe you should fill in for me next week with Ian. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Uh, that's it for the show. Oh, Ian wants to just end the show entirely now. 
after that. We well, have, you said we're ending the segment there, so I the segment. That was it. Yeah, we still have, we still have an outro to do. Or, you know, well, when have we ever had a? a, a you've been a, end, you've been very you've been not giving the audience on the audio audience a nice good outro lately, and I gotta like pull it out of you. You're yeah. like a uh, ending the CU podcast with you is like trying to get off the phone with a grandmother. Wow. It just keeps going. Wow. Maybe we Ian, never, maybe we never just cut it off. Maybe Ian, you're the last person I'm going to talk to over the day, and I feel lonely. You ever think about that? <laughs> You'll be talking uh, to people uh, in chat tonight. What would what, what in chat tonight? Oh, that doesn't count. I mean, a, a good conversation. It doesn't count over text. Sure. I, I, I get texts from people all the time. That's not the same. A good, a good hearty conversation with someone. Your conversation, you could eat like a meal. There you go. Yeah. So that's, that's 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 our that's our final T-shirt we're going to do. The con- see like his conversation. Like a, you can eat like a meal. What was that for? Heart, was that chunky soup? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, should, I you know I like to have a good good soup once once every few months. Just it's on the shelf forever. I'm like uh, yeah, it's not, I should I should wait until we have a, like a nuclear uh, attack. But I'll I'll have the soup here. It's been sitting here for five years. And I'll eat it. And I, you know, a good <laughs> a good soup is nice. It's nice to have. All right, now I'm dragging out like grandma. All right, we'll see you later. Bye, everyone.